and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a fit drop. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. You know where you are. You know what we do. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, we have got a glorious panel here with me to break down, get into the shit talking and shenanigans and all the fun things in the world of Punchy Kiki before we dive into a little sneak preview of this weekend's upcoming UFC Kansas City, which, spoiler alert, if you have not caught the hints, we have been nonstop dropping the I'm No Joe podcast will be live directly from the T-Mobile Center in kansas city this weekend but before we get into all that fun and fuckery first and foremost how the hell are you gentlemen do well kirsten doing looks like golf he's still having testicle difficulties he is uh, mobile <laughs> they are in route <laughs> man finished off the week of work today fucking tired like always but i get to fucking rest up tomorrow before saturday man i'm doing fantastic we get to fucking see some UFC fights live in person. We get to finally fucking meet each other. It's going to be a fantastic motherfucking weekend. Like, they haven't been to Kansas City for 10 years. I've never fucking seen the shit live in person, though. So this is going to be a hell of a fucking experience for all of us. The fact TJ, yeah, even though he's not here right now, he said he's trying to move places or whatever, right? But think- he'll be back. He the mother got to give him a break. He's fucking coming down from Green Bay, Wisconsin, coming to Kansas City just to fucking watch the fights. You got to give the shout out again. Mad motherfucking love to the brother for hooking us up with the fucking tickets, even if we're all paying him back. Like what he fucking did for us will never be forgotten. This is gonna be a fucking unforgettable fucking weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we are definitely going to have a good time. But before we get into all the fun and fuckery this weekend has in store, like we said, uh, we are not doing a recap show this season. If cool shit happens, with the exception of Adesanya last weekend, because we were all caught up in the moment, uh, we generally make a short video and throw it up on the YouTube here for the YouTube shorts live as it happens. And I fucking promise you, if cool shit happens this weekend at UFC Kansas City, there will be a live video of us reacting to it in the fucking stadium as it happens in front of us. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, but that being said, starting things out around here as we like to with news and recent events. And unfortunately, as has been the case quite a bit lately, the first couple pieces of news we actually have to talk about directly relate to what went down last weekend at the craziness that was UFC 287. So 
first and foremost, um, we found out during the live broadcast that the originally scheduled Chase Sherman versus Chris Barnett then turned Chase Sherman versus Carl Williams fight actually ended up getting pulled during the course of the broadcast once fights had already started rolling. Unfortunately, because poor Chase Sherman was hospitalized, um, they did say it was not a weight-cutting issue being a fucking full-size heavyweight. I don't imagine it was weight-cutting related, but again, always sucks to see fights getting cut day of, and it seems like we've had one every week now for the better part of at least a month or two. So hopefully everything is okay, uh, and Chase gets everything cleared out. Word is they're trying to originally book, or rebook, excuse me, trying to rebook the originally scheduled match of Sherman versus Barnett. Since Barnett had to pull out, now they both need a little bit of time. They might be able to put that one back together. I think that was the better matchup. Hats off to Carl Williams for stepping in on short notice. Hopefully they take care of him as well. Um, the next one tying back to last weekend. Uh, if you didn't see at least a recap or some highlights of what happened last weekend, first and foremost, what rock are you living under? Because I'll start sending the emails. Uh, but the one of the bigger stories to come out of last weekend prior, or I guess it following uh, the retirement of Jorge Masvidal in the ring saying he just has lost a step and he doesn't have what it takes anymore to compete at the top level. So he's just going to step away. Um, Gilbert Burns then accused him both at the post-fight press conference and in follow-up interviews after that of being lotioned or greased up and saying that he was unable to complete a takedown and he's never had that issue in his life, that it clearly must have been a lotion or a greasing issue, that it had to have been Masvidal. And after a couple of days and a little bit of time to think about it and watching the fight back again, he has officially issued an apology to Jorge Masvidal and retracted his claim of greasing and said, you know, maybe I really just didn't have it in that fight as much as I thought I did. And in the moment, I was convinced of my own foolishness and I apologize to Jorge. I hope he enjoys his retirement and I, I don't want anything to be made more of this. So hats off to Gil. I, I get being mad that you lost, but man, this is one of the reasons why people like Joe Rogan used to be the starchest advocates of saying, don't put a microphone in front of someone who just lost, let alone someone who got knocked out. And now he's the person who's doing both of those things. So fucking Gur as far as that goes, but good on you to Gil for owning up to your fuck up, manning up to it and apologizing for it publicly because he made the claim publicly. So at least he tried to make it right publicly. Good on you, Gil. Now, the other big oh shit that came out of UFC 287 that's not going quite as smoothly, unfortunately, um, Chris Action Man Curtis has doubled down on his calls of bullshit despite losing a unanimous decision to Kelvin Gastelum last week at UFC 287. Uh, not only it, oh shit, looks like he's making his way back. There we go. So not only did Kelvin lose a unanimous decision to, or excuse me, did uh, Chris Curtis lose the unanimous decision to Kelvin Gastelum this weekend. He is appealing the lost decision as well as publicly calling out Kelvin Gastelum to quote unquote, be a man and run the fight back saying that the only reason the judges gave him the fight and subsequently the win was because of the incidental head clash in the second round which 
I could understand if it was a split decision or a majority draw or anything other than a unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27 in favor of Calvin Gaslam. Yes, it was a pretty close fight. I have no problem calling that as well. But to say that the only reason Kelvin won that fight was because of the incidental headbutt in round two is just a bit of a stretch to say the least, in my opinion. So I don't think that Chris Curtis is going to get the appeal and I don't know if he's going to get that rematch. I highly doubted, but time will tell. We will see how it goes. Florida commission, as they say, can be a fickle bitch. So we'll see how they play out on this one. Um, and then the last piece of news that ties back into last weekend's show, for those of you who didn't catch it, this, in my opinion, bears repeating and praising once again this week. The fight of the year was announced last week going into the 2023 class for Hall of Fame inductees, and it was none other than one of the greatest fucking fights in the UFC's history, in my opinion, Rory mcdonald versus robbie lawler to god damn it that fucking stare down with rory and is just fucking painting the canvas with his face and robbie spits the fucking blood out with his lips split and fucking big john has to get between the two of them that is the fucking embodiment of a visualization of mma in my opinion that is the single moment i would point anyone to if they ask why do you love mma so much Watch that fucking fight right there. And if that doesn't get goosebumps growing on your arm, you should tune into soccer because this shit ain't for you. That being said, oh, I take that back. I lied. I said that was the last one for last weekend. I I apologize. That was the last fun one from last weekend. There is one more not as fun piece of news that we do have to talk about from last weekend. Ironically enough, because it's not getting talked about in the MMA media at large. And that's kind of fucking aggravating because the second there was an issue with James Krause, the MMA media swarmed on that fucking story like vultures and picked that bitch to the bones before there was a drop of evidence out there in the ether. And now we've got a seemingly overflowing evidence file here. And the MMA media is almost turning their back on it during her post-fight interview last week, Sam Hughes fucked up and slipped to say, my boyfriend bet a thousand dollars on me to win this fight. And now I want every penny of it because he had a doubt that I was going to get him his money back. After as much of a crackdown as we have had and as much bullshit with betting in the UFC for something to slide out so oopsadaisical from her mouth and have zero follow-up on it? Bull fucking shit. Either he bet a friend and she was just talking out of pocket or her boyfriend, which is directly connected to her, openly made a bet and she fucking talked about it in an interview and nobody's holding any accountability for that either way i call bullshit something needs to be fucking looked into and this story needs to be discussed we'll see if it gets swept under the rug like i think it's going to but it still needs to be discussed that being said uh we do have some interesting fight announcements this week here that I want to go over real quick. Um, first one, 
UFC 288 taking place May 6th in Newark, New Jersey, for some fucking reason. Um, Jessica Andrade versus Jan Zhaonan. I, I know that Jessica Andrade just signed a big, I think it was either six or eight fight fucking contract extension, which was dumb as shit. And it seems that the UFC is showing her exactly what they think of signing on a giant fucking contract like that. And giving her a middle-of-the-pack fighter in Jan Jaunan. I, I like Jan. I don't think she is a full-on soup can, but goddamn if that's going to do anything in the scheme of getting Jessica back in title contention in any fucking division, no matter how the fight shakes loose. So I think it's still going to be a fun scrap to watch, and God knows that fucking UFC 288 card needs all the help it can fucking get because Cejudo and Sterling ain't going to sell a single fucking pay-per-view between the two of them, but... I don't think this is going to give them that much fucking help either. We'll see. Uh, the next one is a pair of announcements wrapped up in one candy center here. Uh, first and foremost, we officially have a location for UFC 289 taking place June 10th. The UFC once again is going back to good old Canada. They are taking the show to Vancouver, and we now know, unfortunately, the main event. And as if you thought 288 needed help, goddamn does 289 need a fucking defibrillator because the lifeblood they're breathing into this fucking card, I say with air quotes for those of you only listening, comes in the form, drum roll, Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena, the trilogy. The fight that absolutely no one other than Juliana actually fucking wanted. Between the rising cost of pay-per-view and the diminishing returns and anything that's not international fight week these days, it it's getting hard to justify UFC money. But we'll see how things shake loose. Uh, another interesting matchup here, more interesting than Nunez Pena 3, in my opinion, for damn sure. Uh, the UFC's June 24th card, the next UFC card on ABC taking place in Jacksonville, going back down there for some fucking reason. Um, but what they are looking at as of right now, prospectively to be the main card opener, Amanda Hibas versus Macy Barber one of the few remaining interesting matchups on the ladies' side of UFC things, in my opinion, right now. So we'll see how that one shakes loose. Um, Speaking of International Fight Week, though, we did get a very, very interesting fight added to that UFC 290 International Fight Week card kicking off July 8th from Las Vegas in the form of Brandon Moreno defending his belt against someone not named Davison Figueredo for the first time in almost five years. Yes, you heard that correctly. Take a deep breath. Take a sip of water if you need to. Someone besides Davison Figueredo is officially fighting Brandon Moreno. It goes down at International Fight Week, and they are getting the fight that pretty much everyone expected to come next if Figueredo moved up. Moreno versus Alexandre Pantoja, the trilogy, because those gentlemen have also fought twice before. Both fights, ironically enough, going to Pantoja, though both of those fighters were very different fighters, very, very far back in their careers. 
we'll see how this one shakes out in July. So I'm definitely more excited about that than pretty much any other fight we've gotten announced here. Um, unfortunately, though, the next pair we've got here are fight questionables. Uh, both of these fights we are got here are now in question. The first one, Hanato Moikano has officially injured his knee and is out of his matchup April 29th. As of right now, no word on if his opponent will stay or not. The other one that came along with that this afternoon is for the May 6th pay-per-view going off in New Jersey. Unfortunately, Jonathan Pierce has been injured and Bryce Mitchell's fight is now in question. As of right now, the UFC is looking for a replacement fighter. Whether they'll find one in time or not, we'll see shortly. The other side of that, though, to the surprise of very, very few who pay attention, Cynthia Calvillo has officially been released by the UFC following her loss at UFC 287 last week, leaving her total career record at a whopping 9-6-1. Never really want to kick anybody while they're down. Hopefully she can find a way to bounce back, but oof, that's going to be a rough road to say the least. Uh, on the other side of that, we did get official confirmation this week. TJ Dillashaw has officially confirmed he is indeed retired from combat sports for good and is also scheduled for a second very invasive shoulder surgery, leaving his total record at 17 and 5, but with some champion aspirations in the middle there, having actually touched gold unlike Calvia. That being said, uh, speaking of folks who touch gold, but uh, 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 not so quickly, uh, last year's youngest ever record-setting world IBJJF champion, Micah Galvao, has officially been stripped of his world title after failing a test due to incompetence, much like so many other combat sports fighters we have seen in the last year or so, uh, tested positive for clomiphene above competition levels only because, as we have seen in almost every other case of its kind, he failed to turn in the paperwork for his therapeutic use exemption. He was under doctor's orders. He was prescribed the medication. But as has been the case in most of the times we have seen a violation like this, he literally just forgot to turn in his fucking paperwork that would have made him exempt from this violation. And instead, he loses his 2022 World Championship and the title of the youngest ever IBJJF champ. Stupid, stupid, fucking stupid. Why, why, why would you do that when you know damn good and well they're going to test you for something that's going to get you in trouble if you don't have a TUE turned in for it? Fucking idiots. That being said, uh, unfortunately, once again this week, as has been the case every week so far this year, and I anticipate will most likely be the case every week this year, uh, we end my portion of the news and recent events segment by saying, unfortunately, 
Once again, we have another week that has gone by, and Dana White sadly has not faced one fucking iota of punishment for openly slapping his wife on New Year's Eve down in Cabo San Lucas, despite him continuing to express his urge that having to live with it, I say in air quotes, is punishment enough. Bullshit. Fuck you, Dana. Your time is coming, motherfucker, even if I got to keep reminding folks. That being said, either one of you gentlemen have any interesting news that might have shaken loose that I didn't cover? It's not confirmed yet, but I heard today that they're targeting Manel Cop versus Figueredo. Yes. Yes. That yeah. would be fantastic just because of the other week and Manel Cop talking all that fucking shit on Alex Perez. Yes. What a way for Figueredo to get in there and finish off a piece of shit that we'd all love to see get knocked out. Apparently, Figueredo got the contract. I heard about that as well. Apparently, Figueredo got the contract and unable to keep the fucking zipper shut. Someone in his camp blabbed to someone else who immediately ran and told the fucking Brazilian media who immediately ran and started throwing the story out there. So apparently, contracts have been issued for Manel Cop versus Davis and Figueredo. They just haven't both been signed and turned in yet. But yeah, fingers fucking crossed that Figgy Smalls gets to move up to 35 and crack that fucking idiot as his debut into fucking Bantamweight. That would make me very goddamn happy. You got anything over there, Sunshine? Um, Only update I have that we missed is I'm damn near to Kansas City. Less than three hours out. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, uh, that'll bring us to the point in the show here where, unfortunately, sometimes when you've been watching combat sports as long as some of us have, you get a little set in your ways and you tend to develop these inadvertent blinders that keep you watching and intaking your combat sports the way that you're used to. And unfortunately, that will leave you with a deficit in your combat sports life. You miss all the up and comers until it's almost too fucking late. Luckily for us, though, we have ourselves a bona fide young person here on the I'm No Joe podcast to help keep us old farts from missing all the good up and comers as they work their way through the system in a little segment we lovingly refer to as slows, kids, and contenders, if you would, sir. All right. I'll start off by, uh, you know, accepting my shit when it's due, kind of eating the crow. Uh, golf tee called me out on the raw Russ's shit last week. Uh, yeah, I looked stupid as fuck by even trying to say he was a contender whatsoever compared to the can. So uh, just throw that out there. And then uh, as well, the Jacqueline Amorum. I was disappointed in that one. I actually was excited to see her make her debut. And after that first round, she was completely gassed and just got her ass worked by Sam Hughes. Uh, that was a big surprise. So I'll as well eat my crow on that one. Hopefully, I got better contenders this week, and I don't look like a dumbass again on that side of things. But I think the cans come fairly easy. Tell you what, you will not look bad this week as long as you don't flippity flop between what you say. As long as you keep it all on the same, every way, whatever you say, you stick with it. Don't flip flop on us. Don't flip flop, and I won't call you out again. <laughs> Now, I'm not flip-flopping. Now, I'm going full-on on this. So, my cans for this week, 
one of the guys that are local. But I got I got to throw, be honest and throw it out. T.J. Brown. I always like to root for local guys. T.J. Brown, three and three in the UFC. He can be exciting, but he's just not really been that exciting or that good since he's gotten in the UFC. He was he looked great in his last fight. That's the best that I can say. And being a hometown guy. And the fact we're going to be at these fights, I would love to see him do well. But I'm throwing him in the can category. I just don't feel like he's a good fighter, right? Uh, Kutelava, Iwan Kutelava. I'm going to throw him in the cans this week, too. Um, he's just been awful, really, in his past few fights. Losing to Ryan Spann, losing to Johnny Walker. Those are just middle-of-the-pack guys, in my opinion. And... Uh, I, I liked Kutalava at one point, right? The, the paint in his face, trying to look all menacing, yelling and screaming at people. He had a good shtick. But uh, the, the fighting aspect, just not there. I'm putting a fight in this one this week. Uh, Pudalova versus Edwards. Just both of them are cans. Got to put the fight in general in the can category. Lucy Pudalova versus Jocelyn Edwards. I think it's starting off the card. So like we were talking about before we we started the show, we are going to be there. We're going to watch every fight. We paid the fucking money for those tickets. You know, it's going to be a badass time no matter what, but it's going to be a shit way to start the fucking event, right? Can versus can. Throwing that in there. And then I don't want to, but I'll try to do this nice and respectfully. Clay Guida, he's just on the back end of his career, and he should have retired a while ago. So I just, I, I'm putting him in the can category at this point because it's where he's a legend that has refused to call it quits when he should have, and at this point he is a can. You know, it's just I can only hope we get some like Kelvin Gastelum last weekend, some semblance of the Clay Guida of old goes out there just is a crazy fuck against Rafa Garcia this weekend because Rafa in his last fight against Masha Hate, you know, bleeding fucking rivers all over the octagon somehow comes out of that, gets the win. I'm excited for the fight. He's a legend. I love Clay Guida, like we were talking about before the show as well, the both of us. You hear Clay's fighting again, just so fucking excited, even though you know he should call it. So it's like respectfully throwing him in this category just because, dude, you should have called it already. And um, win or lose, I'd like to see that. I would love that, that good vote. Somehow he goes out there, has a badass fight against Rafa Garcia, gets some sort of win. And then it's just like, you know what? This is the time. I had a badass win. Let me go out on a high. You know, we don't want to see something like we've seen here in recent Yoana Kajajic, fucking Frankie Edgar. Don't want to see Rafa Garcia go lay Quig, Quig weed out and, and then put the gloves down. Just hoping for a badass fight, but gotta be truthful with him. So my contenders for this week. I'm throwing Daniel Zellhuber out there. Didn't look good in his last fight. Obviously lost to Trey Ogden. You know, we'll give Ogden the love and respect because another local guy and shit and the head coach of Marathon MMA now housing a lot of the up-and-coming guys that were training at Glory and shit. 
So you got to give him the props about that too. Coaching all those guys and trying to help build them up while he's also still trying to go after his career. That's what we loved about James Krause before the whole scandal and all the bullshit that's come out in the past year. Yeah, Zell Huber, still 23 years old, never lost a fight before that point. was 12-0. and 0. Huge finishing potential. So I'm still going to give this kid that shot towards the contender. Let's see what he does this weekend. He, I mean, he's fighting uh, Lando Veneta, right? So he's got a good chance to look really good. Go out there, get another nice finish, and put himself back on track after getting a tough loss. Yeah, so what you can say, Trey Ogden's a tough dude. He definitely was not sharp last weekend uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a tough dude. Uh, so we're also going to throw – Another fight into this category, Bruno Brazil versus Denise Gomes. I think both of these young ladies have potential to be contenders, even though Denise Gomes lost her debut and has won by decision on the contender series to get a contract. She had the huge finishing potential and a great record for such a young lady, 23 years old. And you got the 29-year-old in Bruno Brazil, another good record, 8-2-1, and one, and five finishes, and she's got some knockout potential for a, a, a straw weight. Like, that's just fun to see. When you see the tiny girls have some power in their hands, have good striking, that's what I see this fight being. That's why we're throwing the fight in general in the contender spot. Both of them are young, both of them have potential, and both of them love to just swing. And throw those fucking hands for strawweight ladies. It's going to be an exciting one. We'll throw another lady on this. Pierre Rodriguez. 9-0 with five finishes. And again, all of them by knockout, technical knockout. Another lady that loves to just fucking swing, has some power in her hands, and loves to put people down. And another strawweight event. I'm just throwing that out there. She has won by decision against Sam Hughes and Kay Hansen. So that always bugs me whenever you were getting finishes, and then once you get to the higher level of competition, it slows down. She's still undefeated in the UFC in her first couple of fights. And uh, facing Jillian Robertson is definitely going to be impressive, even if she squeaks out a decision in this one. Jillian Robertson is still 27 years old and has always been fantastic, great grappler. Just submitted Rose Nama Yunus at the end of the year in a grappling event. That, that was fun for me. Just because of the whole situation with the Carla Rose fight, it seems like Rose's mentality is very, very much going down the tubes. Maybe that's a huge confidence boost for Robinson. She goes out there and has a great showing, but I'm throwing Rodriguez in the contender spot. Might bite me in the ass just because I'm going for the undefeated thing again, but she does have the finishing potential, and I'm excited for her. I think she has the potential to win against a really tough lady in Jillian. And then got to finish off the contender spot. Arnold Allen, the almighty. Obviously, if he goes out there and beats the Hall of Famer already, the fucking legend Max Holloway, fucking blast him to the moon. He's next in line. He's getting Volkanovski next because as much as I like Yair Rodriguez in a fighting sense, don't like him as a person, don't want to see him be the champion. And uh, I don't think he gets past Volkanovski, even though he's long, lanky, he's got great striking. It's going to be a fun fight this summer, but I still think Volk dominates his ass. And if uh, Arnold gets it done, to, you know, this weekend, it's going to be fucking unbelievable. 
I think he's already the contender just for the fact that he's only lost one fight out of his 20 pro fights, and he's on a 12-fight winning streak. It's crazy. Beat the likes of Calvin Cater, even though it was kind of a bummer. He blew his knee out. The fight might have been a little different if we wouldn't have had that fucked-up injury like we had a lot last year. But he did knock out Dan Hooker. He's looked really good, really sharp in his last couple fights. Excited as hell to see what Arnold Allen does against the fucking legend Max Holloway. I'll throw it off to you, both of you gentlemen. If you got any cans, contenders of your own from this weekend's card that we get to fucking see this Saturday. All right. Hopefully I'm coming through because my phone decided it wanted to have phone herpes for a moment. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> to start with, I'm going to start at the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to pick from the low-hanging fruit here. Jocelyn Edwards obvious fucking can i'm about sick and tired of seeing her on cards as far as the women's band i'm way not worth the damn oh um as far as contender <laughs> i'm gonna throw one out there where i think it's a little overlooked in pedro munoz we haven't seen a lot of him lately but i think he has the the right stuff to be able to get back on track. The only people he's really lost to have been fucking phenomenal fighters. In Dominic Cruz, uh, Davidson Figueredo, like he's had, he's been fighting the tough of the tough. Going down to Chris Gutierrez, that's a good sign for Munoz. It's going to make him look real good. <laughs> I agree with both of those. Yeah, I said earlier, yeah, I think whenever your phone was kind of fucking up, Jocelyn Edwards and Lucy Pudilova, it's, I had to put it in as a fight together. The both of them are cans. It's can versus can. A horrible way to start. But yeah, agree with the uh, the fucking contender as well. It'd be fantastic. Looking forward to it. All right, so Meter, what you got? So, uh, I ironically enough, uh, my can and contender actually fight right before and after each other. Um, my can for this week, Dustin Jacoby. Like, that dude was genuinely fucking impressive as a kickboxer. And ever since he has come to MMA, he has just seemed to squeak by and shit the bed just enough to not get cut every fucking time he has gone out there. He has yet to do anything, you know, genuinely impressive, in my opinion. He's always just barely getting by. And a lot of the times it's, against a dude that he should be able to just fucking workshop like it's nothing and this is another one of those situations the dude he's fighting should not have a number next to his name i don't agree that dustin should either but the guy that he's fighting should still be making borscht in a fucking gulag kitchen somewhere like there's no fucking reason this dude should have a number next to his fucking name dustin should be able to come in and just big brother this motherfucker and i'm willing to bet he still ends up getting his ass kicked somewhere but the other side of that my contender for this week i i it's half feelings half ufc 287 inspired because a lot of us spent the last couple weeks telling people like just because Adesanya got a very contestable fucking stop from Pereira 
doesn't mean he's done. Doesn't mean he's beat. Doesn't mean he's fucking whooped. Doesn't mean he's mentally broken. Just watch. If you pay attention, it got him madder than fucking ever. And that's what losses do. They either motivate you or they break you. Well, it motivated Izzy. And we told motherfuckers, Izzy's not the one to overlook. Y'all must have fucking forgot. And then Izzy got in there and reminded motherfuckers. Well, Edson Barboza is a bad motherfucker. And I feel like so many folks must have forgot who the fuck the first spinning heel kick KO in UFC history fucking came from. Because I don't feel like they're putting near enough respect on Barboza's fucking name. I think Billy Q is on the other end of that, getting way more hype than he deserves coming in against a goddamn legend. Nah, give me Edson all fucking day, baby. I fucking totally agree with that shit. I know he's getting on the older side of things, but I totally feel like Edson's still got a lot in him. And he's fought tough dudes. I mean, I like Bryce. I like Giga. Those are really tough matchups for him, especially with Bryce. He's just a fucking grappler. Edson's not that kind of fighter. He's the stand-up Muay Thai striker, you know. This is going to be rough for Billy Q, in my opinion. He he had a rough go against Shane Burgos the other year ago. He looked good against Alex Hernandez, but that that's fucking Alex Hernandez. I I, I totally agree with Jan Barbosa. I think I think he's going to kind of give people that moment, and not us. We know who the fuck he is, but there's some other people, right. yeah, who might have forgotten. They might be fucking. Reminded this week. Yeah, I, I I think he just I think he outclasses Billy Q every way possible, unless Billy Q all of a sudden has spent the last six weeks reading that Bryce Mitchell playbook and tries to wrestle fucking. And even then, I don't think Billy Q's as good of a wrestler, as good of a grappler as Bryce was, and I don't think he'll have the same same results that Bryce did with that same game plan. I totally agree. Well, that's it for me. If golf tees shit quits fucking up, we want to move on to his <laughs> Right on. I was going to say, assuming that the, the phone herpes is under control now, uh, that will bring us to a segment here that does require its own individual disclaimer. So <clears throat> first and foremost, uh, tapology.com does not in any way, shape, or form Support, sponsor, or endorse the I'm No Joe podcast. Yet. That being said, Tapology.com does offer you the opportunity to create a free account and make picks on fights fantasy style, just like we do. You are more than welcome to go over to fan or excuse me, to go over to tapology.com, make yourself a free account, and join a group that we call I'm No Bookie, all one word, or Group 965, however you need to search it. It is open to the public. You are more than welcome to make your account. Join the group. Put your picks head-to-head against us in a little segment that we refer to as Tapology with TJ. Well, here's the praying phone doesn't shit the bed right now. Uh, <laughs> if it does, you know why. It's, it's in ornery mode. Apparently, it does not like to do this um, mobily. Which, whatever, I get it. Uh, shitty Wi-Fi in the hotel. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> um, 
So we're going to start right at the top of things today. And by at the top of things, I mean, we're going to go with last week's picks. Because um, let me tell you what, that was one hell of a close fucking top of the list last week. Um, everybody was highly on point and well almost everybody we'll we'll leave it like that Um, so top of the list and I'm going to mention all three because it's fucking quite impressive on how close points are got meter sitting top dog last week myself only a few points behind him a whopping 15 and shortly coming in behind me in third place Donna 10 points let me tell you what she was mad as shit today. Come out the house when I go to get Don. Said, hey, once you jumped me, I was a little upset. Came out hotter than the hen. Oof. Now, um, that brings us to um, the guy who's been riding in the trunk for the last six fucking hours. Bottom of the... Fuck you, TJ. <laughs> there you go. You got it. From the man himself, Don. Tripping over his dick. Playing double dutch in the front yard. And Donna's running away. Doesn't matter. Oh, now, if that's not enough to get you titillated to join the group and come make some picks, I don't know what it is. Get in there. It's all in good fun. Yes, we're going to talk shit to each other. I talk shit about myself. It doesn't matter who you are. So um, we know who that guy is at the bottom. Um, You guys will all see him on uh, Saturday. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's... uh, for last week's picks. Now, um, as far as this week is concerned, with the odds, the odds across the board are pretty much dead heats. There's no wide margins anywhere on the card from top to bottom. The widest margin on the entire card is one that actually Christian mentioned a little bit ago in Clay Guida and Hafa Garcia. And this isn't even wide, but it's the widest that I can find on the card. They've got a Hoffa Garcia as a minus 275 favorite and Guida as a plus 210. So still a relative coin flip in odds. Everything else is in the hundreds. There's one other one in the 200s. Oh, no, two others. Take that back. Um, Brandon Royval at a plus 180 underdog to Matt um, Nicolau, a minus 225. And then uh, Ed Herman and Zach Cummings. Zach Cummings coming in at a minus 225, and Herman is a plus 180. So across the board, you're looking pretty even coin flips. Um, this is a great week for pickums, or I'll even say it. Do a fucking crazy-ass parlay, because this might be the week that that shit happens, and you can make some, you'll make some money. I won't say good money, because the parlay picks this week are going to be shit, just because the odds are so close on everything, but... The options are available to you there, but um, can join the group. Um, I'm no bookie. Group nine six five on Tapology. Come join the fun. Have some have some fun with us. Talk shit and get shit talked to you, because you know that's how that's gonna work. Let us know when you join, so I have somebody else to pick on other than Don. Um, <laughs> that being said, Don actually gets his shit together and beats the next guy who joins in. I'd say he would do that regularly, but Donna was the last person to join, and well, Donna's been kicking his ass all over the yard and house. Again, now we know who we got his insider information from. Isn't that right, Don? This week, I'm all in. There you go. Heard it from the man himself. He's all in, says he's going to take top spot, all because we're in Kansas City. 
and we, we, it'll be all right because worst comes to worst, we'll let him drown himself in a bottle of whiskey and he'll feel better after his picks are just absolutely horrid. Hey, peace, Christian. Looking forward to saying hello and meeting you. That's all I got for this week. Uh, see you boys all next week. Hopefully on a better fucking connection because uh... case in point. <laughs> Oh, good shit. Good shit. Oh, but uh, that being said, um, before we get into this weekend's upcoming UFC Kansas City card, which in case you haven't caught on to yet, uh, we will be attending live. And I promise will be lots of social media posts from the lot of us during those fucking shenanigans. Uh, Before we get into all that fun, uh, I do want to take a moment to say that if you are looking for Punchy Kiki to hold you over between now and Saturday night's UFC Kansas City goodness. There is a sprinkling, a smattering of entertainment, if you will, between now and then. Um, tomorrow evening, <clears throat> excuse me, kicking off at 6 p.m. Central Time is you, or excuse me, I almost did it, is PFL event number three of the regular season, lightweights and welterweights. Uh, headlined by the previous year's winner, OAM, welcoming the man, Hurricane Shane Burgos, over to the PFL season. Nathan Schultz taking on Stevie Ray, Clay Collard in there against Nashikawa. There's a couple of very interesting fights on that card. It's not going to be a full entertaining event, but nothing this weekend is going to. So if you need something tomorrow night, that should at least wet your whistle a little bit. That being said, if you cannot wait Saturday until 7 p.m. for that main card to kick off for the UFC, I'm not going to tell you that there's good things to hold you over. But there is, technically speaking, something to hold you over. There are, quote unquote, fights happening prior to UFC Kansas City taking place, that being Creator Clash number two. Genuine, actual YouTubers who do not fight stepping in to box other actual YouTubers who do not fight. The antithesis of what he who shall not be named is trying to make their fucking fame off of. Actual, regular people actually fighting other actual, regular fucking people. And these are YouTubers who will then have to subsequently go back to streaming next week with their black eyes and their heads hung fucking low. So if you need something to hold you over, that will definitely tickle a little bit of that fancy until we dive into the marquee of this weekend, the glory we are all so goddamn excited for, one of the best hangover cards the UFC has given us in 2023 in the form of UFC Kansas City Holloway versus Allen. That being said, being as head, it is still a hangover card. And like TJ mentioned, pretty much every fight on the goddamn card is odds across the board, coin flip close 
we're not going to throw a pit match out here for this. We're not going to put anybody's rankings or fucking justification on the line for this. We are just going to talk a little bit about some of the shit that we are excited or not excited about watching live this weekend from the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, Missouri. So, first and foremost, gentlemen, I, I know that there is at least one on here for all of us. So, I am curious which fight is everyone most excited about that is not getting the love it deserves. I know everybody's going to have one that get over here, mom, fight that we're going to be looking forward to. So I'm curious what everybody's particular matchup is. I'm taking you're not ready, Christian. I will run with it and pray to God the herpes doesn't get my phone again. Since um, you you seem to be off in La La Land over there. I thought I was in La La Land because of my phone, but you know, we'll take it as it is. But no backtracking this weekend, Christian. I don't want to hear anything that you're excited about any of your cans, goddammit. Uh, that being said, I think the one that I'm probably most excited about, and I hate to say it, um, outside of the main event would be Clay Guida. Just because I fucking love that dude for a long time as far as a fighter. And you know he's going to go balls to the walls no matter what. Win, lose, or draw, he'll go out on his shield. And something about the it's the, the old, uh, old fan in me that wants to see the old dogs fighting out there. Especially if I get a chance to do it live. And since we're doing it live, fuck yeah. All right, so to me, it's not been talked about for shit, right? Uh, one of the best ladies' fights that we're going to get this weekend, the Bruno Brazil-Denise Gomes fight, like I was saying, on my contender set. I think this fight's got potential to just be an absolute banger, an absolute war, similar to that fight we got to see, I think, last year, Yasmin with Sindo versus uh, uh, the, the other Yasmin, uh, Uregi. There we go. Yeah, that was a fantastic fight between a couple of really young ladies. I feel like we might have that same potential. We don't get that a lot. We've literally gotten it maybe a handful of good, like, back-and-forth ladies' wars throughout the history of ladies' MMA. So it'll be nice to see. That's, that's what I would say. And Don's is the main event. Right. Who was fight of the night? No, which one? Which one you're most excited? To see? I, I, yeah, I really want to see the main event. There you go. You heard it from the man himself. So I, I've got to say, there are several fights on this card that I am genuinely excited about. But the one that I think I am the most excited about is Jillian Robertson versus Pierre Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez is the definition of mom said we have cyborg at home. Like if you went to the dollar store and looked for Chris cyborg action figures, you would take home a Piero Rodriguez doll. Like that is how this works. And we all know Jillian Rodriguez is the fucking throat cuddle dealer. That girl is bad as bad fucking gets. She just got a couple of rough edges. She's got to polish up and she's ended up on the rough end of some split decisions or some fucking bad decisions before happens to the best of us. But in this situation, 
I don't think Pereira has enough of a fucking striking ability to be able to stop Robertson from getting in there, wrapping her fucking neck home and taking home a throat as a trophy this weekend. So with that being said, that brings us to the other side of that coin with a fight that somebody is, or with a fight rather that we are all excited about there inevitably will come one fight on the card, at least that we are the antithesis of excited about the one that I'm sure we are going to be used to go get a drink, to go take a piss, to get ourselves something to eat, maybe another edible, something, you know, to kill a little bit of time while we're not having to pay attention to the bullshit happening center stage. Uh, which fight are you gentlemen, I should say, least excited about or feeling very overhyped for this weekend? Uh, for me, it's the start of the night, which is fantastic for us because we're the ones going to the fights, right? The Jocelyn Edwards, Lucy Pudaliva. We've already fucking talked about it. You know, Golf T even mentioned Jocelyn Edwards was his fucking can pick. I, I picked the whole fight as a can pick. That That's the perfect thing for us, right? Oh, well, we know we'll be on time. We Like we were talking about before we started, we'll probably be there before the damn gates even open. There's high potential of that. It just really depends on how things go, right? Checking into hotels, just going out to eat or something like that. But we know we'll fucking be there before. Anything starts, we'll see everything. That's the time where we go get us some beers, where we go get us some snacks. Like you were saying before we started, check everything out, scope everything out, see where the fuck we're at, what's next to us. You know, that's when we really prepare for being in T-Mobile Arena watching UFC fights for, what, seven fucking hours? The entire day. It's going to be a fucking blast, man. So, yeah, first fight of the night. Just fucking perfect. Go in there and for people at home, just beat off. Just wait the first 15 minutes and just have a good time. There we go. Uh, for myself, I'm actually going to go a little bit different. Tanner Bozier in Kunlaba. I'm not excited about Walrus slap fight at all because that's what that's going to be. And I just don't like Ian Kunlaba. So that's all that matters about that. Oh, uh, um, Pedro Munoz, right? No, for me, Brandon Roy. Oh, Matthew there you go. He's down himself. Um, the Roy Vall fight. Matthew Nicolau is his. Uh, I'm gonna go take a piss break. No, it's my not. Oh, you're not piss break. All no, right. Uh, he's giving me around bad information. Don't mind me. If it <laughs> might be the phone herpes. Who knows? <laughs> my bad. He got all excited talking about raw dog. <laughs> No, I, I get it. Um, I I absolutely agree with Christian for damn sure. I like like he said, I promise you, we will not miss a fucking fight that takes place. We are not going to be those assholes. We will see every fight, or at least be present for, I should say, every fight that takes place in that fucking building. We're obviously not gonna fucking pay much attention to the opening fight for sure. But uh the one that I am the least excited about on this whole fucking card goes right back to the fucking can that i mentioned earlier dustin jacoby versus azamat Mirzakhanov. why the fuck is that on the main card 
that would be misplaced opening the prelims in my opinion that is struggling to earn a place on a fucking hangover fight night card in my opinion like Tanner Bozer versus Ian Kutalaba is going to make that shit look like Adesanya versus Pereira too in my opinion like this is going to be the one where it's not going to be the edibles putting people to sleep it's just going to be the assholes in the octagon that being said though there are two fights on this card that I am fairly confident despite everything else that may come before it are going to be entertaining as fuck and luckily for us those just happen to be the last two fights on the card so firstly gentlemen before we get into the meat and potatoes of this weekend's highlight the potatoes the co-main event Edson Barbosa versus Billy Q, because you can't pronounce it phonetically because he gets all butthurt about that. So Billy Q versus Edson Barbosa. How do you gentlemen think this one shakes loose? Who takes it and how do they pull it off? All right, off and running with the phone herpes again. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I hate to say it, I love Edson Barboza and the wonderful highlights that he's brought to the sport, but he seems to be ending that, he, he's in that uh, Cowboy Cerrone phase of his career where, yeah, there's still some fire in him, but I don't think it's enough for him to make a run at it or even be the gatekeeper anymore. He might be the gatekeeper for those that are breaking into the top 15. But I think that's about where he is. I think this is uh, Billy's time to shine and uh, let Quarantillo do work. Yeah. And that's with all due respect to Edson Barboza, because, like I said, the dude's an absolute fucking legend. I was going to say, I think Christian's been bong hit, so we'll give him a second. <laughs> So for me, I'm going the opposite, similar to what Meter was saying at the end of my contender setting. feel like it'll be a little like Izzy. Y'all fucking must have forgot. Even if he's getting towards the end of his career, a dude like Billy Q, I don't feel like has anything. If he's going to stand and trade, it's just going to, he's going to look like a fool against Edson Barbosa. I, I, I took a, we, we do a little parlay, right? I already did my notes for it to get the numbers today and shit. I took Edson Barbosa and a knockout on my parlay. It's good fucking odds, man. It's paying good money. <laughs> Don't get the money because it's illegal in this damn state still. But, but, yeah, I'm going to take Barbosa, man. I think he's going to fucking, I, I agree with Golfy. I don't see him going on a run, but, being the gatekeeper kind of guy and knocking out these guys trying to work their way into the ranks. I still think that's where Barbosa is. He's just, you know, grapplers would be difficult for him now as he's approaching the end days. But if somebody still wants to try to stand and strike with him, I feel like it's uh, similar to what Jose Aldo's doing trying to box right now. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I think for me it's it's a twofold thing it's it's a combination of a 
Billy just isn't good enough where he needs to be to stop Barbosa, in my opinion. And B, like we talked about earlier, the y'all must have forgot factor. Like Edson fucking Barbosa. Like we're not talking about a 15 and 15 coming off a contender series new asshole. We're talking about a died in the wool, been there, done that motherfucker with world class highlight reels to show for it, as well as the t shirt and the fucking trophy. So if there's anybody in this card I have faith in, it's Edson fucking Barbosa giving Billy Q the business. So I don't know that Billy's going to be dumb enough to leave himself open for a knockout, but I would not put it past here. I think either Edson just works that motherfucker for a hard 15 and gets a well-earned decision, or Billy might just be dumb slash cocky enough to put himself in that slippery slope position and let Edson tee the fuck off on him. Cause if he does, it'll be a bad night, but it wouldn't really surprise me. I, I'm more inclined to think Edson beats him pillar to post for a hard 15, but there, I'd say there's a staunch chance that Billy runs into something real fucking bad, real hard, and ends up waking up staring at bleachers or uh, rafters, rather. That's a possibility. It's plausible. So, with that being said, the real salvation factor for most of us here, the marquee reason for the season, the poster front, the faces on the front of the T-Mobile Center, highlighting and illuminating the glorious downtown Kansas City area as we speak. Max blessed Holloway versus Arnold all in Allen. Obviously, if you hadn't noticed, just a reminder, we're going to be there live to see this shake out one way or the other Saturday night. But before we get there to watch this shit kick off with our own peepers, my question to you, gentlemen, who takes this one and how? Oh, I'm going to go with Max, man. It's just simple and easy in my opinion. I went with Max against Volk in the last fight. That's how I just felt my whole life since I was younger and I started watching Max get into the UFC. Uh, I've never felt like he could lose. Uh, obviously, he's lost to the likes of Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, and then Volk seemed to be his kryptonite. But when you think about that, those losses to Dustin and Conor were back in 2013. That was 10 fucking years ago. The last time that UFC was in motherfucking Kansas City. Other than that, he's beat everybody aside from Volkanovski in the past couple years. It's just impossible for me to go against Max because I still feel like he is a level above Arnold Allen. As great as this kid looks, the winning streak, you know, 12-fight winning streak, only one loss in his career, looks sharp as all hell. The biggest thing that kind of sticks in my head through this whole week, some people would ask, what's Max's motivation? (laughs) I just feel like he's that kind of dog, similar to what we saw with Izzy last weekend. He loves fighting. He loves being in those situations, being in the fire. We've seen it many fucking times, like the Calvin Cater fight. You're going in a war with a dude. You're talking your shit, too. I'm the best fucking boxer in the UFC. Never going to fucking forget that fucking moment, right? And Max is already the legend he is. 
I don't feel like he needs motivation because he just loves that shit. You, you throw him into a fight against anybody, he's going to love that shit. And he's going to have that fucking skill. Arnold, though, is younger and he's looked up to Max and other guys like Max. And he seems like such a nice kid. And we have seen him do some decent damage in his past couple of fights. He's looked really sharp. But is it really going to be possible for him to cross that threshold and try to knock out somebody you've looked up to and take their fucking spot? That's the biggest thing I question about Arnold Allen. I'd love to see it, but I don't see that. Uh, that's where I think Max gets the fucking win. He's still as talented as he is. I feel like he's the number one guy behind Volk, and that's just how it's going to stay. That's where he should go up to 155 again because there's just nothing left for him. He's just going to keep beating all these guys coming up and maybe never beat Volk. So we, maybe he has his easy moment, right? He's lost three times to Volk now, so maybe he gets the fourth. Maybe fourth times the fucking charms to that same third time. We'll see, but I think Max gets it. Don't know what's that. What's after this Arnold Allen fight, but as good as Arnold is, I just do not see him beating Max Holloway. I think Sean Herpes struck again. Uh, I would have to say I think the best is blessed. Uh, I like Arnold Allen I think he's going to make it an interesting fight. I don't think this is going to be a walkthrough. I don't think this is going to be a fucking cakewalk like that Cater fight was. I think Alvin Cater, Calvin Cater, excuse me, got fucking embarrassed, even if he doesn't want to admit it. Max showboated on that motherfucker. Run it up. Count it up. Count it, DC. Best boxer to UFC. It's fucking spectacular. <laughs> like, you can't fucking deny that when Max shows up, Max shows up. The problem for Arnold, though, is that Everybody that Arnold has really put the fucking beating to hasn't been on the level of a Max Holloway. So even if Max Holloway doesn't show up the best he possibly can, even a worst case scenario, Max Holloway is still going to be a big fucking problem for Arnold Allen, in my opinion. The best thing that Arnold can do is run in and almost recklessly try and take Max to the fucking ground and try and keep him pinned to the ground. Because if he gives Max more than a step and a half to tee off and start fucking letting volume go, you're going to end up getting 153 fights or 153 punches per round landed on your fucking cheek. And there are very few guys in the UFC who can withstand that. I, I think it's going to be interesting, but I, I think Max Holloway is going to give Arnold Allen a very rude awakening Saturday evening. I'm pretty much in agreement with you guys. I, I think this is Max's fight to lose. As much as I respect Arnold Allen, what he's shown so far, I think the Blessed Express is still on the fucking tracks, albeit it has a rough time getting through Volk. Um, I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see him changing weight classes. He still is legitimately, in my eyes, still the best boxer in that fucking division, period. Um I think we end up seeing Blessed go five fucking rounds, doing work, the same pitter-patter he always starts with, and slowly ramping it up all the way through round five. And Arnold better pray to God he's got the fucking gas tank for that because that is a lot of fucking just damage. Now, if he starts yelling and screaming about being the best boxer, 
I'm going to eat that shit up. You guys will see me screaming in the fucking goddamn stands because that shit will be fucking phenomenal. Oh, don't get me wrong. Um, Arnold Allen, he does have a fuck ton of, I'll call it legitimate hype. He has legitimate hype. The kid's a fucking killer. But I don't think he's to the Max Holloway killer level yet. Now, coming from Double Dutch himself, he's picked Allen for the weekend. So, Double Dutch. Just saying. There there are possibilities out there, but you know. Bold strategy, Cotton. Bold strategy. Bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off. That's right. So, that being said, that is our take on this weekend's preview for Punchy Kicky Goodness. Uh, If you enjoy what you have seen and what we get up to around here, please make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you are consuming this. Give it a thumbs up if you dig it. We appreciate that. Pretty much every Thursday, there are Punchy Kickies to talk about over that weekend. You will find us here, 9.30 p.m.-ish, Central Standard Time, youtube.com slash I'm No Joe for the video that goes down live. A week later, anchor.fm slash I'm No Joe gets that all audio format version that you can pick on your podcast consumption platform of choice. Wherever you like it, it's there. If you're on Spotify, you have an option here. There is a poll at the end of the last several video, or excuse me, several uh, audio versions up there. Spotify now gives us the option to put the same video version that YouTube gets over on Spotify. It would still come up a week later with the uh, all audio version, but Spotify now has the option. I'm leaving it to you folks who are consuming this on Spotify. Do you want the video too? If not, I'll keep giving you the audio just the same, but You now have options. Your voice can be heard. That being said, if you'd like your voice to be heard, we have a Discord server as well. Hop in, join us. Even the Slow Bacon Concentrate boys have their own channel over there. That being said, you want to help out what we do around here? The best way to do that, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe. For as little as a dollar a month, you get your name as a thank you at the end of every broadcast on this channel, and you get exclusive access to unaired and literally unairable content, things we have to age gate and pay gate. Make sure you are of legal consenting age to even be optioned to see. The shit gets crazy over there. I'm telling you right now, too hot for OnlyFans. If you've seen it, you know. But on the other side of that, If you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you didn't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that's all we've got for this particular episode. But fret not, Mona me, because when we wrap things up here on Thursday night, that's not the end of the fun. Because tomorrow and pretty much every Friday morning, there is an option those slow bake and concentrate boys, Christian and Vindog the Booty Hog, bring you the slow bake and concentrate podcast over on Spreaker.com. Both of those links for their socials and that amazing podcast can be found down in the description as well. Appreciate it, brother. I do love concentrates, but it is contemplate. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll make them contemplate. But it is a live podcast. You know, it is what it is. We do smoke a lot of concentrates. So I completely fucking understand. I have no problem <laughs> with it at all. But it doesn't fucking end after that. Once we get into next week, you got to fucking make sure you check out and give the Brother Golf Tee Vapes some love every fucking Wednesday night around 9 o'clock. You tune into Golf Tee Vapes on YouTube. You watch the motherfucking live stream. Chill with the guys. Learn some vape recipes and just have a hell of a fucking time. And mad motherfucking love once again to the brother. Because this all is possible because of TJ. Just had to throw that out there again. Appreciate you. Well, hopefully the phone herpes doesn't get me again. Uh, again, thanks, sir. Uh, now, if you are into what we're doing around here and you want to know about more of what the meter does, you can go click on the link below, which is linktree slash the meter does many things. Again, that's right below, linktree slash the meter does many things. And that'll take you to all of the places where the meter does many things. Hopefully, the phone herpes has not gotten me here. And you can go click that link, or at least understood, rather than it being a jumbled fucking hot mess. <laughs> no, no, no hot mess. We got you. We got you loud and clear. Good shit. Thank you very much. So, again, thank you, everyone, whether you are catching us live here on YouTube or you're catching the replay. We appreciate you just the same. But that is all we have got for this particular episode next time you see these goofy fucking faces it will be live from ufc kansas city in the t-mobile arena we will see you all this weekend but that is all we've got for this particular episode so remember boys and girls don't let ignorance stop you you can root for anything unless it's us not making it to kansas city because we're gonna be there bitch